It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just, Just Ghouly Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 20. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, um, before we get started, I'm going to repeat the contest giveaway that we have starting yesterday. Yay! I'm just going to read you our caption because, uh, do you think I remember all the details? No. Um, <laughs> so, it is the Just Ghouly Things and James Allen Ross giveaway. Um, for those that don't know, James Allen Ross is a paranormal writer. He wrote uh, The Haunting of Dylan Claypool, Whispers in the Black Willow, as well as The Shadow Summoner. And I'm currently reading the second book of um, the Dylan Claypool series, and it is so good. The first book had me hooked, and then he sent me the second one, and I love it. Um, I'm, I actually, I was meant to, I'm trying to read 10 chapters a day, because his chapters are relatively short. There's, I think, in mm-hmm. the second book, like 60 chapters. Um, but I just lost track of time. I found a new show that I was watching. So mm-hmm. I'm going to double up my reading time today so I can read 20 chapters. And it goes by wow. so fast. It, but it goes by so yeah. fast, you don't even realize yeah. it. Um, and so he, we did a giveaway with him for his first book when we first started the podcast. So it was only right that, you know, closer to our one year, we do mm-hmm. another giveaway. So um, he's going to give away both of his books autographed by him and then we're gonna give away stickers and let me I don't know if we have autographed pictures I still didn't check it's literally underneath my feet and I haven't checked still I'm so bad um but if we have autographed pictures we'll be sending autographed pictures to um the winners as well but in order for you to win the books and um just ghouly things merch you need to follow both um our instagram at just ghouly things podcast and james allen ross it's j-a-m- E-S-A-L-A-N-R-O-S-S. I had to, like, make sure I was saying all the right letters. Mm-hmm. Then tag two friends and uh, like the post as well. You'll see it on our Instagram. Um, and then do the same thing on James' post and double your chance of winning. Uh, and the uh, winner will be announced on Friday, April 10th. We'll probably announce it here on the episode. So listen to Friday's episode, especially if you, uh, if you uh, put yourself in for the giveaway. And best of luck to everyone. Yay! Yeah, and just follow him, support him. Definitely read. I mean, the the books are great, and he's just a he's been so supportive to us throughout our journey, and we're trying to, you know, just show him that same support that he showed us. Like so. he literally was an OG, like an original. He really is an OG. Yeah, and I mean, he's so supportive. He's so sweet, and <clears throat> he does like a lot of book tours. Obviously, that's winded down since everything is happening. But even if you do not win um his book set i highly suggest you go online you can go to his uh, his instagram and i'm pretty sure he has linked um like an amazon link or wherever you can buy his book buy his book um especially during this time where quarantine there's not a lot to do if you're struggling trying to find a book to read i suggest reading this book and i i don't bullshit i don't support things that I don't strongly believe in. I love this book and I typically don't read fiction books and I absolutely love this book. It's very addicting. So definitely check out James Allen Ross and his work. I'm pretty sure he has other pieces of writing out there besides these two books. Um, so check those out as well. Yep. All right. Do you have anything else to add before we go right into this episode? Let's just get right into the story. All right. You want to start Lil? Sure. 
Let me go to my notes. All right. My first story is Reader Reveals a Spirit Attached to Me. Huh. Okay. Hello. So my first time posting here. However, this is not my only experience, but a recent one, but a recent one that freaks me out. So I recently had my mother-in-law's friend come to the house to drop some stuff off. And I briefly met this woman twice, but I finally sat down and spoke to her. And she decided to sit with my great-grandmother for a few moments to catch up quickly. She was in the hospital for a perspirated, for a perspirated, perforated bowel. She mentions that she reads people. So I looked at her and me being a skeptic, a semi-skeptic due to tons of false readers, I told her to have a go at me. Her response, honey, I don't force readings. They will come to me when they please. However, your grandmother said that it said, if you're getting that SUV, take her bracelet from the rearview mirror and put it on your left wrist. Mind you, I have never sat down with this woman until today. She knows absolutely nothing about, about me. Only my mother and fiance know about the car I plan to get. Now, no one knows even about my grandmother's bracelet in my car as it looks like a string. It has... It has the pictures of Mary and Jesus, but I'm not religious. I took it because it was hers that she wore 24-7. Either way, she mentions a few things out of the blue during multiple different topics that no one knows, even not even my fiancé. Sorry, there's like no punctuation in this. <laughs> Until I mention an experience with a spirit. Here's how it went. Me. I swear that something is attached to me. So many of my items go missing for two days, then appear back where I last put them. Friend. Honey, it's a little girl. She's been with you since you were a kid. She's mentioning something about an orange cat that was hiding under your bed that wasn't really there. Also, she loves to play. She said something about her best friend, but she keeps calling you sister. She's saying she died at five, but is revealing herself as three. Hmm. Me. No, I was attached to a boy, and I swear that cat was under my bed, but my mom said it, it was on the counter. Friend. She steals chargers and keys, right? But she hasn't stolen anything recently, correct? Me. Yeah, I yelled at her a few weeks back because it caused an argument with me and my fiancé when I kept getting aggravated by my charger disappearing. Mind you, that shit was plugged in my car and no one was allowed to use my car. It's my first car I got at 21 my mom gave to me for free. Sue me. <laughs> Friend, talk to her. She wasn't trying to be mean. She wants to play. Ever since that conversation, I told her I wasn't mad. I was just scared that she was a demon. And as I typed this, I remember I had two imaginary friends, a boy and a girl, but I hated the girl because she kept moving my VHS tapes and moved my Bratz dolls a lot. The boy was relaxed and only played with me. I feel as though I sound a bit crazy, but now that I said that, I'm not mad. I have a feeling she's going to get active again. Hmm. The, I find it so amazing. Look, I think that there are people out there that pretend to have these senses that are just doing it for the money and they're pieces of shit don't get me wrong yeah. but when you have people that encounter like what are the odds that this person knows about the string bracelet that in is and the suv specifically like there is no shot like i would never even think like that's not a general statement that's something yeah. so specific like look you see like there was um do you ever watch john oliver rarely okay so i just i think he's hysterical and um he did one about mediums and while you know obviously there are mediums that i believe in like i do believe people have that sense he did make a good point he was he was kind of collecting some of like the famous mediums out there and like some things that they've said 
during their like concerts or whatever or whatever perform whatever you call it when they're in those big stadiums and stuff mm-hmm. and just how vague they are sometimes yeah it's just like come on like you really need that extra buck to give like these people like I mean look if it helps people great but to like yeah. give false hope and it's not even genuine like I just don't like that but this person yeah. seems like a gen and the fact that she's like they come to me like I can't I can't force exactly. them to say the stuff. saying like, yeah I don't force them sorry is really commendable honestly definitely instead of just being a people pleaser and wanting to just pull shit out of your ass to Mm -hmm. make everyone everyone happy exactly all right lil um all right what uh one to five what do you choose uh five five okay right to it all right this is called the restaurant ghost a couple years ago i was working for a big chain restaurant the name, the name of Chain Ghost was blamed for everything. I took it as a joke for the first few months I worked there. Weird things would happen daily, things moving or gone missing, lights being off, we were sure we turned on, but with so many people around, I always assumed someone was just messing around or we were just too busy to remember exactly where we put things. Then one day, I was standing in the server alley with another server. The cooks had gone out for a smoke or something, so it was just us two. In the server alley, the two long walls facing each other both had these big metal counters that are in every chain kitchen. One side was for drinks, straws, napkins, etc. The other side was the expo line. We were both leaning against the drink station talking when a metal piece of the expo line just flew off, narrowly missing oh, hitting us. Yeah, it was a cover for the electrical bits under the expo line, about a foot wide and about two feet long. Neither of us had ever seen it open. We messed with it for a while, and that cover fit in there so perfectly, it was difficult to take it on and off. Like, you had to put all of your body weight into it and jerk it a few times to take it off. And it didn't just fall off. It flew a few feet. When we told everyone, no one believed us. They said it was too difficult for a ghost to do. You would be surprised what ghosts are capable of. (laughs) Soon after that, we got a new manager. Her first night closing on her own, I went back to the office to tell her I was done and heading out. She said she just had a few more things to do and asked if I'd wait to walk out with her because the restaurant was in a shady area of town, rampant with homeless drug addicts that casually caused problems for us. I told her of course I would and took a seat at the bar to do just that. A few minutes later, she comes sprinting up front. She's engaging the alarm system before I can even process what's going on. She yelled, let's go. And considering we have 30 seconds to get out of the building before the alarm is active, plus how terrified she seemed, I just, comp- I just complied. She ran to her car and I ran after her to find out what happened. She motioned me to get in and when she caught her breath, she told me she was sitting in the office when she heard someone bang on the d- thick metal back door, like full fisted as hard as they could. The, oh, back door, yeah, the back door went out to the dumpster area. Due to the location, this area was enclosed by a heavy-duty chain-link fencing, even the top. There's no way someone could climb in or out of there, and the only person that had the key to the gate was the general manager. It couldn't have been an employee because we all knew the door automatically locked behind us, and we had been the only people there for an hour, all of which she spent the, off the, in the office right next to the door. We told ourselves a homeless person must have cut open the fence and decided to just let it go. The back door was more secure than the front. There was an alarm system, and it wasn't like they were going to come fix the fence at 2 a.m. We'll let this homeless person have somewhere safer to sleep for tonight, we thought. If he could get in, he could get out. We texted the opening manager to warn him about it and just went home. Neither of us were very sure, though. 
The next morning, I asked the opening manager if he'd found anything, and he said no. The fencing was still 100% secure, and there was no one out there. A few days go by, and me and the female manager and the server I was with when the expo incident happened were the last closers in the building. We are told the server. Uh, we told the server what happened the last time this manager had closed, so we both decided to wait for her. She was so shook up from last time. We insisted we stayed in the bank with her, in the back with her. The server and I were standing about two feet from the back door. We're idiots, and the banging happened again. <laughs> the manager was not at all exaggerating when she said how loud it was. It wasn't a knock. It was like trying to scare the shit out of us. I would accidentally locked myself out there before, and it takes so much force to make the banging audible on the inside. Like, most of the time, if we got locked out, we'd end up calling the store to send someone back there because it's nearly impossible to bang loudly enough for someone to hear over the sounds of the kitchen. But there's no doubt in my mind that we would have heard this on our busiest night we all jumped and froze staring at the door just waiting for something to happen the other server shakily said i'm gonna open it and she did (gasps) there was no one completely empty i think seeing a deranged crackhead would have been less terrifying (laughs) i wish i had a better conclusion but i ended up leaving for unrelated reasons soon after i still think about it often and it just baffles me it was so so loud wow yeah, yeah, and I mean, just the fact that there's more than one person encountering this verifies that this is actually something going on, and it seems like this the spirit, whoever this is, this being is, has a lot of energy built up from something. Because what are the odds that it's throwing this like thick piece that's found in the expo line, flings it across the room, yeah, and then bangs so loudly on the door. I wonder what was there before it was a restaurant or if it was always a restaurant, if something happened there that has. <clears throat> that would be interesting for sure. Yeah. All right, Lil, what's your next story? All right. And this one is called The Nurse. Mm. Says, right. side note, this is my dad's story, not mine, so I don't know all the details. My dad, and this one's really sh- short, but it's good. When my dad first moved to England, he used to work as a painter. One of the jobs he worked was painting a nursery. When he started working, he didn't notice anything weird, but one day when he was working, he turned around and saw a woman in a nurse uniform holding a baby. As a rush of confusion and fear came over him, he went out to talk to tell the site manager about what he saw. He told my dad that before the place was a nursery, the place was the place he was painting was a dorm um, where newborns were, were placed. And one day, a nurse accidentally dropped and killed a baby because of her guilt, she killed her, killed herself in that place. Oh, he also said that before he employed my dad, that the whole painting crew left because they also saw that figure. Holy crap. Yeah. So that was a densely packed story. But I have to say, it sounds so like folklore, like, you know, one time there was a nurse who dropped and killed. Like, it sounds so like stereotypical, like yeah. folklore Yeah. But then seeing seeing the apparition and having the backup of a paint, a whole painting crew that left because they also saw it. They were like, nah, fam, I'm out. Fuck I'm this out. shit, I'm out. No, Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Is that really the rest of the song? Huh? Is that really the rest of the song? Yeah, something like that. Wow, good I don't really you. care. I'ma get the fuck right out of here. Sing it. <laughs> Uh (laughs) all right okay um, what do you have one two three or four 
three. All right. This is called The Eye on the Wall. This happened when I was really little, around three to five years old, but I still remember it quite vividly because it really creeped me out. I used to stay... I used to stay with my auntie during the weekdays and only go back to my parents during weekends as both of them were working and my auntie was a housewife. I was drinking out of milk bottles till I was like seven. My auntie would always prefer milk for me before going to bed. We lived in a three-bedroom apartment. Every night before bedtime, my auntie would switch off all the lights in the house except for in the bedroom lights. And before I go to bed, she would walk from our room to the kitchen through the living room, no lights on, prepare my milk in a bottle, and go back to the bedroom. Three out of five times, I would either follow her or be a pig or be piggybacked to the kitchen. What a oh, childhood! I don't remember when I started seeing an eye on the wall, but for that period of time, I would see the eye all the time at night while we would walk through our living room. Back then, I actually thought it would be nothing out of the ordinary. I was, I always just was one eye, not a pair, like just a really big eye on the wall. I would see it really clearly, although no lights were on, almost like it was glowing, and it blinked sometimes. The eye would be at the same spot all the time and would follow, as in be watching us as we move. Creepy as fuck. For a while, I didn't tell or ask anyone about it, as I thought this was normal. I really don't know why I thought this. It was weird, but I guess it didn't feel evil or harmful? Then, at one point, I casually asked my aunt about the eye on the wall, as I wondered why she never pays any attention to it, whereas I would often stare back at the eye, and no shit, she didn't know what I was talking about. So, <laughs> I wait till nighttime again, and got piggybacked through the living room with my aunt again, and that time, I pointed at the eye and told my aunt to look, it's right there, it's been there almost every night. I guess my auntie freaked out a little on the inside, and told me there was nothing there, and to stop spouting nonsense. After that, I realized no one could see the eye except me. I got scared, and I would seldom follow my aunt to the kitchen. When I do, I shut my own eyes and cling on to my aunt, and at times, take quick peeks at the eye. I don't know when, but the eye just stopped appearing, and I slowly forgot about it until I was 12. My classmates were talking about scary stories slash experiences that I remembered, um, and this happened. Throughout the years, I have tried Googling to see if anyone has had the same experience, but nothing so far. I've asked friends of different cultures as well, and still nothing. The closest I've heard are a pair of glowing eyes in the dark, but never just one eye on the wall. Wow. That, that's I, a I, story. I, that's just so different to me. Like, wh what does this symbolize? Like, is like I'm thinking like a third eye sort of thing. That's what I was thinking. But that's like the only thing I could come up with. Yeah, it's weird, especially because nothing out of the ordinary would happen when they saw the eye. It was just there. Yeah, and it's weird because it's like, it doesn't seem like anything really paranormal was going on in there except that eye. So, like, was this this maybe something that was, like, watching over the house, maybe? Was it, like, a spirit guy that was, like, watching over, like, making sure the house wasn't oh. a paranormal activity? I don't know. Just theories. All right. What's your next wow. story? Okay. Um, kind of terrifying experience with my friends during a, exploring during a World War One barrack. In August, me and the lads, the lads, the lads got together. <laughs> me and the lads got together. What would you do if I read this whole thing in a British accent? Oh my god. I would be. Me here and the for lads it. got together. <laughs> what? I would be here for it. 
<laughs> Me and the lads got together and decided to visit an abandoned World War II barracks that was hit by Nazi bombs. I was carrying a knife on me because it, because it comes in very handy. This is kind of vital to the story. So we explored the exterior in search of an entrance until we found a smashed-in window in the east wing that wasn't hit as bad. The window had been long since smashed in, and there was no glass. We climbed in and arrived in a bare concrete room. I heard something skitter across the floor, presumably a mouse. We walked through the corridors and rooms of the East Wing until we came to what we thought was the sick bay, which was in the West Wing that was hit badly by the bombs. This one room we go into has rubble around the entrance and the wooden roof is caved in and there's ash and walls are blackened. At the back of the room, there is a blackened and rusty metal desk. The desk has a drawer in it. I try opening the drawer, but it is rusted shut, so I go to pull out my knife to pry it open, but it isn't there. I assume I dropped it on the way and that I would find it on the way out, so I used a rotting plank of wood to try to open it instead. When it is open, I receive the the biggest shock of my life. In there is my knife and a rusty ashtray with a smoldering cigarette in it, meaning it must have been there whilst we were in the room. We just legged it after that. Oh, there they are again, saying legging it. Leg. Now, we try to dismiss it as a delinquent playing tricks on us, but all of us know that drawer was rusted shut, and there was a smoldering cigarette in there that must have been put there whilst we were in the room. Is there an explanation, or what? No, there's not. Just that there was a That's spooky kooky ooky. Imagine opening a fucking, prying the drawer open and what you were looking for was in there with a smoldering cigarette. Like, yeah, bitch, I'm in here too. What the fuck? That is, that's horrifying. Because that clearly means that, like, that that, that hasn't been an occupied room in a period of time if it was rusted shut, right? So yeah. what could it have been? And. I guess the spirit likes to smoke cigarettes still. Like, what? I mean, has it not learned about lung cancer and stuff? Don't smoke. <laughs> well, I mean, Don't they're jewel. already dead. But I guess, yeah. I guess, like, fuck it. <laughs> like, fuck it. I'm here for eternity. Oh my God, no, but and and also, they definitely would have heard. I mean, if it's rusted shut, they would have heard. And it was a metal desk. They said, like, they would have heard the drawer opening. Yeah. That's... To get the knife in there. And I don't like how it was the knife. Like, that's just such an aggressive tool. I don't yeah. Know, like, uh-huh. I don't like the fact that a cigarette <laughs> can smoke a cigarette, you open a rusted like door, and has my knife. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. One, two, or three? Two. Alright. This is titled, Something's Been on My Mind. Alright. Quick warning, I'm on my mobile phone, so bear with me here. There won't be too much detail. So, I've had a certain encounter on my mind for a while, and it's been bothering me. Some background, I'm a high school student and my mom works a job that she gets home after me most days and my dad works overnight, so for his, uh, so for his, so I'm home alone sometimes after school for an hour. A good month or two ago, I got home after a normal stressful school day, so I listened to music on my way back from the bus stop. I wasn't very tired and I don't have any mental or physical problems as far as I'm aware of, so it makes the story a bit worrying for me for what I saw. I got home, set down my bag, and went to the kitchen for some food. I still have my earbuds in, so I couldn't hear music, uh, anything but my music. I'm searching around to get myself a glass of water. When I close the fridge door after putting the water pitcher back and see into the hallway, what I thought was a figure run across the opening of the other side of the hallway from me. 
The downstairs of the house is a bit complicated, but to describe it from the front door, there's three openings. There's an opening to a hallway that goes into the kitchen in the middle, an opening on the right that goes into the living room, and the stairs on the left gone to the second floor. I saw the creature run from the stairs side into the living room. The ceiling is about eight feet from the ground, and this ghost thing was almost to the top. I would say seven, seven and a half feet tall. All white. And it looked like it had a long torso, short arms, and shortish legs, and an almost dog skull looking head. It almost looked like ghostly and glowing in the short amount of time I saw it. If you stuck around to listen to the end, could anyone tell me if this sounds familiar? I always feel a sense of that I should be watching my back, almost like something is watching and that I can't see it. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know what the fuck that is. I found it interesting, too, that this that what she saw was white. Like, it was a white form, rather than... You always see, like, um, spirits... You always or, see, like, a black shadow or exactly, something. Exactly, but this is, like, a white shadow, and it was glowing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, clearly that would freak anyone out seeing that, but clearly, I mean, I feel like maybe, if I'm going to play it on the safe side, maybe it's like a, like a spirit guide or something that is letting them know that, you know, they're looking out for her, but I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like if there were I mean, more information... I mean, they had eight feet tall, white figure, right? With but they said that the arms and legs were kind of short. Yeah, and like the skull, like the face was more of like a dog, like a dog, which is so weird. I have no idea. Yeah. If you guys have had a similar experience to this, email us at justbullythingspodcast@gmail.com. All right, Lil, what's your next story? All right, my next story. One of my memorable paranormal experiences i wrote i wrote this on my phone so excuse any bad grammar and spelling mistake mistakes i have been paranormal hunting for about 15 out of my almost 30 years of life so i have had plenty of experiences with all different types of entities this is just one of my one of my several memorable experiences if you'd like to hear more i am more than willing to share the others yes we are willing to hear more we are always willing to hear more So this happened this past summer, the summer of 2019, on a road near where I live. This road is completely forested, save save for the bar at one end end, and hiking trails on on occasion. Towards the middle of the road, there is a path that leads to a tree that looks like it is bleeding and is known as the bleeding tree or the hanging tree because in the past that tree was used for lynchings. Further down the road, there is another path that is roped off that leads to an old shed that burnt down in the 90s. I had been going to the road for a few months at this point and had a lot happen, including but not limited to touching voices through the spirit box, EVPs, black-eyed children, and even being chased by what I could only assume be assumed as what? What? <laughs> and being chased by what I could only assume is a hellhound. I'm just going to reword that for them. <laughs> this place has a really dark past, KKK meetings and lynchings, black magic rituals, satanic rituals. So this place is a hot spot when it comes to the paranormal. Oof. Some KKK members were arrested for lynching people, and they claimed to have lynched at least 10 people. The locals who live near the road have so many stories and even fear the road, saying it's a portal to hell and no good comes from the road. 
My group and I usually would go every Sunday night. This night started out like any other night on the road. The usual creepy feeling of being watched, shadows darting in between the trees, sounds of branches breaking like a person was walking in the forest. My group consisted of seven people, names changed for privacy. There was me, my girlfriend, Josh, Heather, Sam, and Sam's younger brother, Samuel. Okay, that's confusing. <laughs> Out of all names you could fake, you chose two of, like, the same names? Come on. <laughs> that's like, I have I had um, an Uncle Frank and an Aunt Frances. Oh. Uh, my my great uncle and great aunt, they're siblings, they're Frank and Frances. Come on, parents. You really had that <laughs> child in your womb for nine months and you couldn't come up with something a little more different? <laughs> We got, we got to about a quarter of the way down uh, down the road when my girlfriend and Sam decided they wanted to turn back. Sam was having a really bad time being an empath, a really bad time and feeling being an empath, and my girlfriend's ankle was killing her due to a past injury. So Josh, Samuel, Heather, and I continued while they went back to the vehicles. We stopped at the entrance of the path to to the hanging tree to do a spirit box session and caught a voice of a woman we have repeatedly caught that is known as Juanita. We then saw a shadow dart between the path, dart between the path, which scared Heather. So we decided to keep moving forward down the road. We ended up stopping towards the end of the road to take a break and to see if we could find anything in that specific area. (laughs) That area is known to have an apparition appear that is wearing white robes, which the locals assume is a member of the KKK. After about five minutes of seeing nothing, we decided to start another spirit box session where we tried to communicate directly with this entity. We ended up getting the same male voice several times, but we weren't able to understand anything that it was saying. At this point, I started to get annoyed and did something very stupid, which I tell my investigators never to do. I started to antagonize the entity, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Telling it it was an evil entity for what it did, that it had no right to take any lives, that and that the entity, entity was un-American and a coward. Un-American. After calling it un-American, and while I was saying the word coward, we got a deep, growly voice through the spirit box screaming, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. <gasps> oh, God. The rest of the group heard this, and I stopped speaking and started to get excited because it was the first clear voice we had gotten since Juanita all night. The moment I started to talk to the rest of the group, I felt two hands wrap around my neck and grip me tightly. The grip got tighter every time I tried to speak or grasp for air or gasp for air. It got so tight at one point that I could feel it start to collapse my trachea. Almost as fast as it started, it disappeared, and, and I was left on the ground gasping for air. I suddenly felt like I got kicked in the side, which caused me to vomit. After that, we decided the night was finished, and we called Sam to come pick us up. When we got back to the cars, I had my girlfriend test the, and the rest of the group check. It says test. I had my girlfriend and the rest of the group check me, and I had bruise marks all over my neck as if someone was strangling me. After that, we said goodbye and just went home. This is just one of many tales, tales I have of this road and I and of my paranormal hunting in general. I would love to tell more of my experiences if anyone is interested. My girlfriend is also interested in telling her experiences too if anyone is interested. Wow. I mean, it's, you know, I am not one to say that, you know, you asked for it because that's a big no-no to say, but also just the, <laughs> but what hist- were you expecting? the history behind it. 
Um, I mean, just alone, the KKK, the lynchings, just would leave behind so much negative energy. What are you expecting to receive from that? And I would be scared that it would follow me home. Yeah, I would be scared too. But, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. I gotta work I it. I gotta work it. I get it again till I get it right. I'm assuming you have Disney Plus, right? On, yes. Yeah. I have to I have to start watching some more stuff on there. Like old Lizzie McGuire's, all the classics. Since I have time now. But Yes, Lizzie McGuire. That was <sighs> my childhood. I think between Lizzie McGuire and Mary Kate and Ashley, I think that's why I love chunky shoes so much. Like big, clunky, like the chunky feelas, platform sandals. Oh my god! Still to this day, oh, I wear good. like I just. Oh my god! I'll show you. I don't know if you'll see it through the through the camera here, but I just got for my birthday. Mike bought me a pair of platform Converse's, and they are so <gasps> cute. Can you see them? I love those. Yeah, they look like the typical high tops, but they have a little platform to it. And they're so freaking cute, and they're so comfortable. So, nice. That's my new pair of shoes. Those are my those are my babies. All right. So, one or two? Uh, one. Okay. Upon a gravestone. My grandpa worked at a cemetery for almost 30 years, and this is his story of meeting Nina. It was about 10 years ago, and Rocky was doing some work around the flower garden in our town cemetery. He looked up with a feeling of being watched. He saw a girl in an old-fashioned dress sitting on top of a gravestone. He looked away for a second, then she was gone. He got up to look for what he had seen. It was broad daylight, midday, so it was easy to see. He's also farsighted, so he sees very well from pretty far away. When he went to investigate, he didn't see anyone. His curiosity got the best of him, and he started to scan the gravestones around the area. He found one. On it, it said, Nina, last name censored, 1904 to 1917. So, she was 13 when she passed away. He kept the name in the back of his head and got back to work. Once his shift was over, he walked to the cemetery house that he has the office and the break room, searched for a binder that holds the obituaries of everyone in the cemetery, and he looked for Nina, and soon enough, found her. There were pictures of her in the obituary, and he swears that it looks exactly like the girl he saw. Now, whenever I go to the cemetery, I visit Nina. This is one of the many paranormal experiences my family has had, and I'm willing to share more. Mm. A short but sweet story, but I... I think it's cute. Yeah. Well, I mean, not cute, because it's it's... It's sad, sad. because she died so young. It's sad, but it's like, what, I mean, and this was in broad daylight, too, which I thought was pretty intriguing. When you hear cemetery stories, you typically think late at night, you see, like, a white ghost and, you know, things like that. But, um, yeah, yeah, she was just chilling. And I find it so interesting, though, like, like, I guess, you know, people see that cemeteries are a huge space for paranormal activity to happen, because that's someone's final resting place, Mm -hmm. this and that. But for me, at least in my experiences of going to cemeteries or, you know, the people that I visit, like, I feel like they're not there. Like, I feel like if, you know, if there's a spirit that I've known, like, they wouldn't want their final resting place being in a cemetery. Like, they would want to be maybe, like, in the house that they grew up in or, like, 
Like I don't, yeah. like, I, I, I don't get the connection of like why would you just stay near a stone? Like you know what I mean? Like I mean, maybe... yeah, near a stone and a bunch of other bodies, and they must get boring. Yeah, that's why those right? swamp people because they got bored in the cemetery. It's I don't I, <laughs> I don't know. I just I I just find that weird. But um, what was I gonna say? Yeah. Oh. Would you want to get buried or would you want, like, I have a weird thing that I want to do when I die. What do you want to do? Because I, I don't know mine. So want you go. To, okay. So originally I wanted to donate my body to science, but my mom is like, because mm-hmm. I already, I'm an organ donor, like on the driver's license thing, which my mom already yeah. hates that I am because she swears that like, if I were to get in a car accident, <laughs> they'd see that I'm an organ donor and not save my life. I, I, I don't get how that makes sense, but whatever. So I'm an organ donor, so I was like, you know what? Might as well just put my body to science. They can look up and see my messed up head or whatever. Like, I don't know. But then, um, but then like, I was thinking about it, and I don't know. I was kind of, like, freaked out about it, even though I don't know why I would be, because, like, I wouldn't be in that body anymore. And I looked up, and there's, like, an Italian tradition, and it's, uh, like, a tree pod where you put they put the deceased body in this like pod and it has seeds and stuff and your body obviously through decomposition helps like be like the soil for that's a what tree. my mom wants to do my yeah? mom wants to become a tree yeah, why not i mean i probably i don't know but i, I maybe i'd want to be an apple tree i don't know what type of tree yet you know stay tuned but like i thought that was so cool <laughs> Like, it's so cool. Like, why would I want to rot in a box when I could rot and be a tree and be alive again? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, that's, I know this turned morbid. I think, that, I think that's a really cool concept. I do. I don't know. I just think, like, might as well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I'm going to take a negative situation like dying, I may as well make it a positive somehow and be a tree. Give some air into people. Yeah, just oxygen, work, it, you know? work it out there. But yeah. So, uh, on that note, Lily, what's your last story? Face <laughs> time with my doppelganger. Ooh. Oh, wait. I, I know. I actually right? think I, I think I actually said this story, but keep going. Wait, really? Yeah, I think I did this one. This one's a creepy one. I like this one. Okay. I'll read it anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple years ago, I was sitting in my bedroom with around 8-ish p.m. down near my university. I was searching the internet and I got a FaceTime call from a number I didn't recognize, but I answered it anyways because I figured if it was a random person, I would grab my roommate and we would just start a convo with some random person somewhere in the... Anyways, I answered the FaceTime call to a dark room. At first, I only only managed to see what looked like a blanket hung up over the window behind them. It was sunny where where they were because you could see the sun peeking from around the edges of the blanket and and in a window above the blanket. I proceeded proceeded to say hello two or three times with no one answering. Finally, someone appeared from the bottom of the screen, and I shit you not, it was literally me. I kind of stared at them for a split second in shock and awe before side-waving at them. I don't know what side-waving is. When I read this, I was trying to figure that out. Like, Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe that either. <laughs> as soon as I waved, the other person on the other end mimicked my wave in the exact t- same time, in the exact same motion. Nope. I freaked out at that point and shut my computer immediately after that. I haven't received another FaceTime call from a random number since then. My question is, could that possibly have been a FaceTime from myself from another dimension? I know it sounds weird, but I'm not lying to you when I say it was me. I'm not tripping. <laughs> also, it was nighttime where I was and clearly daytime where he was. 
and the waving of the hand at the exact same time, speed, mannerism, I don't know, kind of anticlimactic, but it still creeps me out to this day. Such a weird story. That's exactly the one I read, and it still creeps me out. Like, I mean, I read this, like, in an earlier episode, but, like, what the hell? Like, the fact that it's, like, complete opposite daytimes, it's, like, literally, like, a parallel universe. Yeah, and, and, and doing and doing the same motion at the same exact time like on facetime like yeah we live in the future and everything but like there's still a delay mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know what i mean it's so weird so weird that one always creeps me out because i could not even imagine being put in that situation where you're getting right? a like weird imagine you pick up your fucking phone and it's you and it's already like a weird number so it like makes no sense as it is but you're like oh whatever like let's just see who this is and then you're like oh this is me but like what's the point of that like what was your doppelganger trying to communicate what's the point of a doppelganger like is there like is there a reason for that to happen like i it's weird i don't know we got some existential shit going on right here yeah all right so my last but not least story is titled harmony of the seas ghost so um starts off with has anyone else encountered her slash it hi just want to let y'all know that My first language isn't English, so sorry if you have a hard time reading this, but here we go. So back in 2017, we went to the Caribbean Caribbean cruise, and our ship was called the Harmony of the Seas. My whole family slept in the same cabin. My little sister and I shared a bunk bed, which could be separated from the rest of the room by a curtain. When it was our first night, I woke up at 4.27 a.m. and thought that my sister was looking at me from the corner of the curtain, so I was like, what the fuck are you doing? But it didn't take long before I realized that it definitely wasn't my sister, and I had no clue what or who the hell was watching me. (laughs) So I turned on my light as fast as I could, and it was gone. I considered staying up until someone would wake up, but I was so jet-lagged that I just fell back asleep again. Next night, the exact same thing happened. Someone with long, dark hair was staring at me. And I was like, oh, fuck no, not this again. <laughs> and, just the night, and just like the night before, I turned the light on as fast as I could, and it disappeared again. Then I checked the time on my phone, and it was 4.27 a.m. again. Needless oh, to say, I kept my, little, my, kept my little light on for the rest of the cruise and didn't thankfully see her again. You could say that I was having sleep paralysis, but how was I able to move so fast then? I guess I just wanted to see if any of you guys have ever experienced anything like this on the Harmony of the Seas, or if there has been any kind of tragedy there where someone there where someone would have ended up passing or something on the ship. So that would be really interesting to look up because I feel like people have probably passed away on Caribbean cruises and stuff. I mean, I people pass away anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I could not even imagine being anywhere near a cruise ship in my lifetime ever again after all the shit that I've heard, like of <laughs> like the coronavirus on that ship. Um, not on this what? specific one, but like on a cruise ship in general, um, where they had to like quarantine people on the ship for like two weeks, like they wouldn't let people off. And, oh my god! Yeah, and then um, like just like the random like issues mechanically, where like cruise ships sinking and. I don't know. I've been on a cruise ship twice and when I was younger, so it was fun. But I don't know. Looking back now, I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to do that. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, like a cruise ship right now, you could probably get on it for like 20 bucks for the week and go to the Caribbean. But 
I, I feel like a, a cruise ship, especially during this time, is like a petri dish. Like it's just oh, like absolutely, absolutely. There's no question. I would never, never. You will not catch me on a cruise ship for at least eighteen months. Oh, at the very least. I mean, the only thing I would go on, like at, at this point in time, like after everything, like the coronavirus is settled and stuff, would be a Disney cruise. Okay. I yeah, I might take the ferry to Manhattan. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe at most. See, I think. See, it was fun when I went on a cruise ship, but I think my problem was when I was young. I was, you know, I'm an only child, so I was by myself with my parents. I wasn't old enough to like drink or like do any of like the like adult things that they had on the cruise. So like I was very limited. And there yeah. were we were going from New York to Bermuda, or we were going from New York to the Caribbean. So there were like three days where you're just on the water and you're doing nothing else, but you're just on the water the whole time. And yeah. I would get so bored on that cruise ship. So. Uh, if I were to go on a cruise ship again, if the price was right and everything's done with, I would go out from Miami because it's a lot quicker. And it would have to be like a cruise ship that has like a lot of like adult activities where you could like go clubbing or like interact with people because I think yeah, that was my there issue. There has to be stuff to do. There has to be. Otherwise, you just go crazy. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's but what I'm doing in quarantine. Going crazy. Big, oh, my God. Like, it's crazy. I Well, I showered the other day. I'm not wearing the same shirt I was for the past three days. So I feel like that's an accomplishment. Like, Yay! I'm proud of myself. Kudos to me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that concludes this episode of the Just Ghouly Things Quarantine Spooky Story Special Episode 20. So thank you guys all for listening. Um, definitely check out that contest on our page. Uh, so let's give all our socials out. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. Instagram. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and? At Lily Baldessari. Our Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that you'd like to share on the show, just email us at JustGhoulyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Put in your submissions for the giveaway ending on the 10th of April. Uh, and good luck, everyone. And we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.